Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, March 21st, 2017. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 2, and we are at page 17, the first paragraph. Today's readers are, on the 12 Steps, Lorraine W., on the 12 Traditions, Diane G., and reading the text is Allison L., Rachel W., and Irini M. The reference numbers for Monday, March 20th, are 7 a.m., it's 9741, and 10 a.m., it's 9742. That's 9741 and 9742. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lorraine W. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning. This is Lorraine. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay. 12 steps of OA. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food and our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Lorraine. I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire. The 12 traditions. Number one, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to start eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contribution. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Diane G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To, per, to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 17, paragraph one. I will ask Allison L. to begin reading. Good morning, thank you for your service, Katie. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. Chapter two, there is a solution. We of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for being on the line this morning. Um, So this just is a big dose of hope right when I needed hope. Um, Having come into Overeaters Anonymous a little over three and a half years ago, um, I uh, avoided the people who talked about the big book because it scared me and it seemed like that was a serious problem um, and serious answer. And really, I just had a problem with food and 
eventually the sponsor that I had directed me to the big book and directed me to a vision for you. And as I started listening and, and relating and once I worked through Bill's story and I realized I was just as hopeless as Bill and that was um, not a fun place to be to see how my problems with food were very deep-seated and I was feeling very kind of hopeless. Um, I saw that Bill had found a way out and I was hoping that I would find that too. But um, having had related to an alcoholic of a pretty serious nature in Bill's story, I was um, feeling pretty down about my little food problem that uh, now seemed um, a big bigger burden than I had ever imagined and explained why I had felt so miserable. Um, but then I come to this um, chapter and there is a solution and um, I'm thinking, yes, please, I want the solution. Tell me what the solution is. This is what I've been waiting for. And uh, this first paragraph just gives so much hope because I was feeling as hopeless as Bill, um, but it's telling me that others have felt that hopeless and they have recovered. Um, they have solved their drink problem, and that is just really what I wanted, and it was uh, the dose of hope and encouragement that I needed when I got to this point to just keep on going and keep on reading through, and that's what I did, um, and I'm just grateful for this program, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Allison. Okay, who would like to share on this first paragraph on page 17? Harlan G. Larry. Vasa O. Tina S. Who C. Who was it? I have Carla. Okay. Sarah G. Sarah G. Okay. I have Harlan G., Larry K., Vasa O., Tina S., Irini M., and Sarah D. Anybody else? Monica T. Elizabeth. Okay, let's D. Elizabeth E. As in Edward. D. D. As in Donald. D. As in David. Okay. Okay. Let's go with those then. And so Harlan G. You're up, followed by Larry K. Thank you very much, Katie, and thank you very much for your service, and thank you to Team Tuesday for making this wonderful meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. And when I look at this chapter, even before I get to the paragraph here that's wonderful, I notice something about the title. And the title sets me free because I've always had trouble making choices in my life. I, I, I beat myself. If I choose A instead of B or B instead of A, I'm always kind of looking around, did I make the right choice? Well, this title sets me free because it says there is a solution. I don't have to wonder how I'm going to recover. I don't have to choose the method that I'm going to recover or what I'm going to use to, to get out of the morass of this, of the, the horror of this illness. There is a solution. And the solution is in this book. And it is found in this book for me as the only solution. I respect people who recover other ways. That's fantastic. It says right in this book, we have, a no, we have no monopoly on God. It says in this book that we know only a little. But for me, this is the solution. 
There's no choice A, choice B, choice C, choice D. Uh, 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 uh. God knew that I couldn't do that. I couldn't handle that. There is a solution, and the solution is in this book. And also, if I look at the title, there is, I can put the emphasis on is a solution, and that also sets me free because my entire life was spent dieting from the time I was a child. I mean, kindergarten. I was trying to restrict the amount of food I was eating. There is a solution. And when I read Bill's story in the first eight pages, and I read about the nightmare of his alcoholism, and that he found a solution in these steps, if he could do it, I could do it. And then it says here, we of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were just as, once just as hopeless as Bill, nearly all have recovered, they have solved the drink problem. That is one of the greatest promises in this book. This is fantastic. It sets me free. And for 18 plus years, I have not found it necessary to compulsively overeat using this method, nor have I wanted to, and I have not eaten compulsively and have done so happily. I'm so grateful to be part of Vision for You, the renaissance of OA. Thank you for your service making this possible. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Harlan G. Okay, Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Vasa O. Good morning, Katie. It's Larry Kay, uh, recovered, compulsive reader from Chicago. Can you hear me okay? I can. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for your service. You know, I, I love the word here, recovered. Um, it's, you know, we, we see that word. And, and, you know, I'm not cured of anything. After all, I wouldn't be on this line if I was cured. But I, to be recovered is to be, uh, to, to be brought back to a state of health. Through these steps, God brought me back to a state of health. I'm recovered. I'm in a state of being recovered as the result of these steps. You know, to be experiential means that this phenomenon, this thing that we deal with comes from the real world, right? From direct experience. In other words, no matter how much I benefit from the experience of others, hearing others on this line who have had a spiritual awakening, who share their beautiful hope, no matter how much I cannot get to this recovered state by their, through their experience. Some knowledge, you know, comes from reading about it, but experiential knowledge comes from actually doing and, and experiencing it, obviously. If, you, if you've learned to sail uh, by spending every summer on the water with your own boat, then you, you have an, an experiential understanding of sailing. If something is experiential, it's real rather than conceptual. Now, I can't learn everything experientially, for example, a good movie can teach me certain lessons. We've all, you know, seen good movies and, and we've come away with something. But the thing to remember, the thing that I need to remember this morning about recovery from this seemingly hopeless condition is that the solution has to be actualized. The solution has to be actualized. In other words, it can only be made real through action. My action will not get you recovered. Only your action will get you recovered. Your action, you chop your wood, you carry your buckets of water, you do that every day. You see, you see this process through. 
sequentially, 1 through 12, and, and watch what God does for you. Watch what your higher, higher power does for you. You don't have to have an understanding of what that higher power is. You could be pissed off at that higher power. You could be angry about what's happened in your life. I know I was. But watch what happens if you follow these instructions precisely. We, you can't do it yourself. I can't do it myself. But we together can do it together, and, and then we can be brought to this recovered state. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Larry. Okay, Vasa O, you're up, followed by Tina F. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Katie, for your service. And I'm grateful to recover with Compulsive Obita calling from uh, Florida. This is a beautiful chapter that we can go through. Um, before coming to the program, I had been looking for the solution for many, many, many years, how to put it down how to put the food down, and I could put it down for a little bit, but I could never keep it down. And when I read, um, in the, again, again, the four, four words for the first edition, we, Alco- we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from seemingly hopeless state of mind and body to show others, other alcoholics preci- precisely how we have recovered in this main, in the main purpose of this book, and this was uh, was so, such a good news for me to hear the solution. And I remember saying, I didn't know, I didn't know what the solution was going to be, but it was going to be right here to show me in the steps in the big book if I followed the big book the way it's laid out. How this to me to hear 100 men and 100 women were recovered. I mean, here it says thousands of men here in this chapter uh, that have recovered. And, I mean, it has been thousands and many, many, many thousands since I have heard that since I've been in this program for 30 years. You know, I mean, here, how many are in this, in this meeting that are trying to find the solution? And a lot of us have found the solution if, if we follow the guidelines that are here, the recipe in this big book. So I needed to trust and to believe that this was going to work because it worked for other people, for other people. So again, you know, I said, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm going to try because everything I tried in my life up to this point, it hasn't worked. And if I don't take the solution, the way it's laid out in this book, big book, big book I'm just going to die. So I had, I had no choice, and I was ready and willing to, to do the steps the way they're laid out. What a good news for all of us. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, um, Tina S., you're up, followed by Edini M. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. Great stuff. Thanks for everyone sharing. Uh, you know, uh, early on, you know, this is a great chapter if it's followed in sequence, you know, because when I first got here, you know, and I got first read the big book, I started at chapter five, then I went to chapter two, and um, there is a solution, but, you know, what I really had to do, there is a solution once I know what the problem is, and that I can identify to exactly what that problem is, is in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, was I able to, through the process, be recovered, and, um, you know, so there was an answer to my spiritual malady, and I, and I love that it was shared that 
a, you know, a solution is a solution. Uh, is this is it? You know, um, and I didn't have to look any further. And one of the things that I know today is that, you know, when I identify with the problem and through the sequence, go through the process of the solution and take the action. And you know, all this has already been said, and and that's the good news. You know, because then I do have an answer for my problem. You know, and and I love that. You know, later on it's going to tell me. You know that. Lack of power is certainly my dilemma, and that you know that this book is going to show me how to get that power that will enable me one day at a time to recover from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body and I am so grateful that I have that opportunity, but again, like was already said, I got to do the deal you know I can't hope to get it from somebody else I can't hope to just and I do I listen it mostly every day on the line I can't hope to just listen and think I'm going to get it. You know, I have to put it into practice, and it, and I'm so grateful that I have that opportunity one day at a time with people like you. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. Okay, um, Edini, you're up, followed by Sarah D. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Edini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. There's so much here, but we, I'm going to stay on we, and we is huge for me. You know, words used to um, kill me, my, my, um, the words that I used, very destructive. And um, my transformation started with me using a new language, because, you know, words are so powerful, and especially the word of God, that's where the power comes. Um, the word of good, good spirit, that's where the power lies. And um, that's, uh, that's um, we can hear it in recovered people. And we is, um, this is the shift of starting to awaken from self to others. This is how I can be balanced by living in the we. When I am in the I mode, I am so, I'm off balance. It's, it's impossible. I'm just off balance. So we got me connected from isolation, the darkness of self, into connection with others and, of course, the light of God. So we tells me that I can identify with you when I was in the I mode, I would always compare, and that never served me. It set me apart from you, and I needed to be connected. You know, it was we that helped me see the hope in seemed hopeless. Without you, I was never able to see that. So we is is like a completion of a unit that I was meant to be a part of. This is how I was made to be a part of something else. Uh, this unit, and it gives it gives us confidence to accomplish what we were meant to accomplish, and this is how I became recovered by first getting connected, so I can be connected and stay connected. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Adini and Sarah D. You're up, followed by Monica T. This is Sarah G. from Tennessee. Compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. Um, I don't. 
I'm up at six. I don't always get on the line. I mean, I, I listen, but I don't always speak. Uh, but I um, am one of those who my husband was an alcoholic. I always thought the big book was his book and never really saw that as something that would refer to me. And I, um, oh, I don't know, several years ago, started attending a meeting in, in my intergroup where we read the big book. And I began to see uh, the wonderful, you know, statements in the big book that really do refer to me. And uh, other people have shared these different things. The we part of the program, I love that. Uh, oftentimes we say um, in my uh, intergroup, the we version of the serenity prayer. Um, but what that paragraph really gives to me is extreme hope. Uh, if if thousands can do this, maybe I can too. Um, and that's what I felt when I first came into, um, no, not the first time. The first time, I didn't get it. I went in, came in in 88, went out in 90. Took me another seven years of ex- exploration and and uh, to to find um, the truth for me, which was that I cannot by myself. I cannot handle this this problem. I tried every way I knew how, and it never worked. So I think that for me, the fact that we together can do this with a higher, with the help of a higher power and working the steps. Uh, that this is the solution for me. It has been the solution for me for quite a while. Um, And then a friend of mine told me about um, Vision for You, and I started listening, and the big book became even more powerful for me. Uh, It it speaks to me in ways that it's never spoken before. Um, So I, I I just would like to say that uh, for the, all of those of you who are new, uh, either new on the line or new to OA, keep coming back because there is hope here and there is recovery here. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Sarah G. And now we have Monica T. followed by Elizabeth D. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. Chapter 2, there is a solution, and we were told about the A, so solution. What is a solution? It's a way of resolving difficulty, an answer to a puzzle. I don't know about you, but when I came in, I was mighty puzzled by this inability to control my food. And they are going to give me an answer to this puzzle. And the other thing that struck me here this morning, the big W-E of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I just realized this is the third time we see this at the beginning of a chapter. We, big, capital W-E of Alcoholics Anonymous. And the first time we saw this was in the forward to the first edition. And I was told there by my guide to to draw a triangle with that we in the middle and put God at the top of the triangle, my name at the one bottom, and sponsors fellowship at the other edge. And it was pointed out to me that there was a direct line between God and I. So this we includes the 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 fellowship, 
me and God. And we, of course, were the first 100 recovered alcoholics who help write this book. And what's recovered? They tell us in the forward to the first edition. We've recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. We've had a personality change. We're no longer craving, and we no longer live in the mental obsession. Yeehaw! Man, I wanted that when I came in here. I wasn't sure about all of this, but it's promised in the big book. These first 100 are promising it to us, and it's written in page 84 that if we do the work, this will always materialize for us. So I wasn't too sure. I wasn't, you know, would this happen to me? Nothing else that ever worked. But you know what? I had quite a puzzle, and I was willing to try this solution. And the solution, of course, is working the steps, 1 through 12, getting that relationship with a power that was greater than me, that could solve my drink problem. It no longer exists. And it's for every single one of us. It's guaranteed if you will work the steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica T. Elizabeth D., you're up. Press star one to unmute, Elizabeth. Can you, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay. My name is Elizabeth D. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. Um, grateful to be on the line. Grateful to be recovered one day at a time, thanks to the help of my higher power. Um, we of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who are just as hopeless as Bill. Hopeless is the word that jumps out on the page for me um, because so recently I was hopeless. Um, I looked up the word hopeless and um, <laughs> right on the top it says without hope and I was without hope um, in the fall. Um, for me, it's hopeless meant one relapse after another, 60 pounds up the scale, 60 pounds down the scale, um, and also even working um, 90 day OA that some of you may be aware of, um, even working other kinds of OA um, and where the focus was on the tools of the program, I could stay abstinent, I could keep the food down for, for a period of time, but I could never stay stopped. And what I've, um, I've come to understand is that um, I needed to make a change. I needed to have a new experience of this material. Um, 15 years before all this, um, I had been working 90-day OA uh, for the first time, and um, I did a 12-step study um, and had a spiritual awakening, and it lasted a long time. And then um, the worldly clamors and life happened. My life was better and life happened and I gave up the gift. Um, and for the past 10 years, I have been going in and out of relapse until I hit a bottom. I say a bottom because there's another one out there for me anytime I want it at the end of December. And I called this line and I, I said, I've worked the steps before. I don't know how to do this help me and someone grabbed my hand and I started and um, had um, a new experience of the steps 
and my life has turned around um, completely. Uh, nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink, drink problem. My eating, my food problem has, sol- has been solved. If I can keep enough honesty in the day to grasp entire abstinence, like it talks about in these steps um, a little later. Well, actually, that's in the doctor's opinion, entire abstinence. If I work these steps in sequence, and most importantly, for me, for this addict, if I am working 10, 11, and 12 in my life on a daily basis, then I have the hope and I have the actual reality of recovery, and I don't have food thoughts. I don't have, well, sometimes I have food thoughts, but I don't have the obsession of the mind, which was drawing me back to the food over and over and over. Um, This has been the solution for me, and I really thought last fall that I was one of those people that was um, uh, unconstitutionally capable of being honest with themselves. And I was going to be one of those people that died of this disease. Time. Thank you. So I just want to say how grateful I am to my sponsor and to everyone on the line who does service and everyone who listens and how grateful I am um, for these words this morning. And I pass. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. And now we're going to move on to the next paragraph. And I would like Rachel W. to please read the second paragraph on page 17. Good morning, Judy. Can you hear me okay? I can. There's a lot of background noise, so I'm hoping that everyone else will please mute. Yes, okay. Okay, Okay, thank you. Okay, good morning, everyone. This is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive Overeater, calling from New York. Page 2, I mean, page 17, chapter, uh, paragraph 2. We are average Americans. All sections of this country and many of its occupations are represented, as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. We are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us, but that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. And um, again, this is Rachel W., and this is, you know, just how powerful this paragraph is. But what's coming to mind for me is that the, the first sentence, we are average Americans. I disagree. I don't think we're so average. <laughs> I really do believe that, that um, you know, every individual on this planet has a choice of whether to listen to the messages that the universe is sending or not. And I do believe that the people in this program, the people on the line right now, I do believe that they are, all of us are special souls that, that, um, that are here, that found a way, that found a way out of, of, of the misery of this addiction. It's, it's more than just surviving. It's, we're, 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 victori- we're victorious. We're, it's, a, it's, a, it's, um, it's, a, it's a battle, and it's like we are just warriors, you know. Um, and, and true, you know, superficially, we're all represented um, on the outside, you know, like with the people that I'm, I speak to now all over the planet, you know, I've got this fellowship going, and I, I know that even though I've never met any one of you on the line before, 
But if I would call you right now and let you know I was coming to your town and, and you know, would you happen to know of a meeting and maybe could I even stay in your house, you probably would say yes. I'm like, why is that? Like, why, why, what is that, that fellowship? It, it is that we, we, we all know the peril, I, I, even though it's such an individual process. And I think that's really important for me to keep in mind that this program is so individual, yet there is that common bond that I, I couldn't be without. You know, the fellowship here is this is the fellowship is what directly led me to my higher power and understanding of how to enlarge my experience of God, my higher power every single day. And that came through my fellows. So and God speaks to me through you, uh, through other people. So, um, you know, I, I know that this is something, you know, so powerful. And it's, it's, and it's no mistake that this is the first thing we're talking about, because as we go into the steps, we need the fellowship. We need each other. I need you to go through my steps. I need to call you up and say, you know, hey, this is, a, a, I'm, ha- you know, I'm having an issue here or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, just the fact that I can lean back into this fellowship is such a gift. And um, I once heard a, a speaker say, um, this is a famous person, actually, and he told me, he, he was talking, uh, giving a lecture, and he was saying that um, out of every, anyone on the planet, you know, when his daughter needed um, a doctor, he chose one from his AA meeting, when his, uh, when his uh, you know, another child needed a lawyer. He got all of the professionals that he needed, you know, for his family. He got them from his AA meeting because he saw that these were people of integrity. These are people of perseverance. These are people who are are, are wanting to do the right thing, you know, um, and I'll just end with that just to say how, you know, how grateful I am that we do share this common bond and I, I wouldn't be here without it. And, and um, the last thing I want to say is just how miraculous it is that we transform from someone, you know, that I transform, I'll put it that way, that, you know, from, from this uh, disaster and into someone who's useful. And in this paragraph, it's also the message of we don't look back. You know, we're not, I'm not trying to find the same recovery that I had in the past. I'm on the way on my own individual path, heading towards a brand new recovery every single day um, with your help. So thank you for letting me share my path. Thank you so much, Rachel. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Julie Nessa R. Lauren R. N. Okay. Lauren R. Nessa R. Sue G. Lauren N. Lauren N. Esther C. Esther C. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. We'll go with those five. Um, Julie R., you're up, followed by Nessa R., then Sue G., Lauren Ann, and Esther C. Hi. Thank you, Katie. Katie S. Um, this is Julie R., recovered compulsive overeater in California. And I love this paragraph because it talks about, you know, we come from all different walks of life. We have people who are janitors. We have people who are CEOs. And it doesn't matter because we have the same problem and the same solution. And when we're all together, all of those, you know, professions and all of those, you know, the the social classes are erased. We are just one addict to another living in a in a a life that's free. So I want to point out one thing when it talks about uh, the feeling of having shared in common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together. You know, fellowship is awesome. It, it's 
part of that triangle, you know, the unity, which is the fellowship, you know, our principles, our traditions. And the other part of that is service, you know, it's carrying that message to the other still compulsive, compulsive overeater. And then we have the recovery, which is, you know, found in the 164 pages telling me how to live so that I could have that spiritual experience, that I'm not thinking, acting, behaving the way that I used to when I was in the disease. So it's just one important element. I cannot stay recovered just by making phone calls and going to meetings. You know, some of those slogans you hear, meeting makers make it. Well, that never was around in AA. And it's like, no, we have to have all three sides of that triangle because you know, I am that hopeless compulsive overeater and nothing else has worked but this program. And what is that program? Again, it's the recovery, the service, and the unity. Fellowship is important. I look forward to talking to recovered people and to newcomers. That is one of the highlights of my day. But the other highlights of my day are living in 10, 11, and 12 and working with somebody through the steps. So again, yeah, fellowship is awesome but um, it's only one part of that cement. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Julie. Okay, Nessa R., you're up, followed by Sue G. Thank you. Good morning. Wishing for you. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So um, this disease um, is an equal opportunity disease. It doesn't respect um, socioeconomic lines religious lines, gender lines, any line that one can imagine. But the good news about that is that it is also an equal opportunity solution. Uh, there is an equal opportunity solution for anyone who wants to avail himself for it, of it and implement it. And, you know, one doesn't have to be a genius to do it or have a PhD to get it and to pass it on. Um, you know, it is said that, that uh, smart people learn from their mistakes, but wise people learn from other people's mistakes. And when it comes to this disease, I wasn't very smart because I just couldn't learn from my own mistakes. You know, I, I tried every which way I could to control my food and control my weight, and I couldn't see that it wasn't working. Um, you know, whenever a diet failed, I looked for another diet and when all the, and I blamed it on the diet. And then when all the diets failed, I went looking for other methods and I just, I couldn't see what I couldn't see. You know, I just couldn't learn from my mistakes, but eventually, you know, with the things, with the, with the help of my, of my, my sponsor, I wisened up and I realized that I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I don't have to come up with my own way, you know, when there's a proven method that has worked for so many others. You know, it worked for, for uh, I mean, the people who, the first 100 who recovered, the first 40 who recovered, they were low-bottom alcoholics. They were like the bottom of the barrel. And if this method works for them, then, you know what, you bet it's going to work for me. And, you know, that's indeed what has happened. I don't have to do it alone and I don't have to create a solution for myself because there is a solution that is available to anyone um, who wants to implement it. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nessa. Sue G., you're up. 
Good morning, Suji from Michigan, recovered by the grace of God. First thing I notice this paragraph is that we is mentioned five times. Um, I remember my sponsor having me circle all the we's in this chapter. In the beginning, the first four, you know, about three or four chat, four pages, there are so many we's because we're not an I program. We can't, we can't do it alone. We need each other. And the other thing I noticed is that they talk about the passengers of a, a liner, like being on a shipwreck. Once they get saved, recovered from their dilemma, they don't keep up their fellowship. They don't keep up their um, their need for one another. But unlike them, you know, our joy does not subside, even as we are in recovery. Um, in fact, I think our joy increases and increases as we share with other people and as we we sponsor and as we um, have fellowship at conventions and which I don't make but but as we get together um, however we we get together by phone by email and it doesn't subside like it does for other people that come through a experience and um, because we are like a powerful it's a powerful cement which binds us and that recovery and having gone through the same, most of the same experiences, getting to recovery, um, you know, we're we're joined together in a very unique way. And um, although we we are unique people, in the sense that you know we're recovered from from our dilemma, um, there are those that don't make it, and it mentions that in the first first. Uh, first paragraph, and I, I, I couldn't get on to speak, but, you know, Dear Abby uh, went back to alcohol, and what a sad what a sad thing to be the one that brings the message to Bill, and yet he went back to drinking. I think he quit before he died, but, um, but we are all average people. I mean, we're from all ways of life, all kinds of places, and uh, there's nothing special about us accepting our recovery and coming through and working the program. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. Lauren Ann, you're up, followed by Esther C. Good morning. This is Lauren N. from New York. Um, this um, paragraph, this whole chapter, this whole book has been an absolute amazing change in my life and has allowed me to or has allowed higher power and program and we and all these things to have um, changed in a way that I had never ever expected. Um, I'm so grateful for all of you and for the message I hear every morning on this call. Um, the change in me has been incredible because I have, I see life in a way today that I never, ever expected. I'm so grateful for the fact that, like in today's reading, 
there was this sentence about how, um, sorry, in, in the For Today book, there was a sentence about how I see things that I never saw there before. Like, really, was there flowers there always? I see things in my life in a way that I had never expected. I see things as gifts. I um, go to the gym every morning and I take you guys with me in, in my ears. And this morning I left my key to my locker at home. So I had to go back home. And normally that would just drive me crazy. What a waste of time. And I'd go into my head. And you know what? Today it was like, oh, so I was meant to sit in the car and hear you in a way that would be quiet. Oh my God, that I can see things as a gift instead of as a chore. I used to think my life was was a whole chore. Today, I know that I've been granted a gift. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren. Esther C., you're up. Thank you so much. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Esther C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Canada. I wanted to comment on that last line of this paragraph, but that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. So this paragraph tells us all about the wonderful things of sharing um, a common problem with, with each other, with all of us. Um, we're bound by a common peril, as the big book tells us, but that isn't enough, and it would not ho- continue to hold us together. So this is what I found all- as well in the OA Fellowship. Um, there's definitely relief and comfort when I come to meetings and I meet others who are like me, and I find out that they did the same things with food that I did, and they felt the same way um, about food as I felt, but that wasn't enough for me. I mean, I could love you and you could love me, and that's a, uh, great to have a place where I could spend a whole hour, um, you know, bonding with my fellows. But it was it was not enough to help me solve my problem, and it wasn't enough to keep us together. And we see definitely that in the Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous, diminishing membership over the years. And I believe it's because the, you know, the, you know, getting together just unified around the problem isn't enough to keep us together because we're all still sick in a way and we all need to get better. Um, And in in addition to that, if we read our fifth tradition carefully, it doesn't tell us that the purpose of our meeting is to love each other or support each other, although that is something we definitely will find in the rooms. We have a specific purpose in the rooms, and it's the problem is never going to keep us unified on a long-term basis, and it's never going to help us recover, no matter how strong our bonds are. Um, but this is a bit of a cliffhanger because it's going to now go on in the next paragraph to tell us what is, what it is that does keep us bound together. And um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, we have time for uh, one or two quick shares. Linda R. Okay, Linda R., and then I'll take the last minute if there is one. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to share today. Linda R. recovered in South Florida, and thank you for your service. Anyway, what's coming into my mind with this reading is, you know, 
I've met many people in my journey with the steps, with sponsoring and, you know, working, you know, with the fellowship and being of maximum service. However, what I've discovered is that many people, and yes, we do come from all walks of life, they, the expression, Yale or jail, Park Avenue, Park Bench. We all sit in the rooms. We have anonymity. So none of us really know unless we get like working, you know, as far as sponsorship, you know, career, you know, what we do or who we really are, you know, in the material world. However, what I've come to believe in, you know, really through my higher powers realization that many people don't relate to the disease of overeating. So some of them, you know, after they, you know, go through the first three chapters in the big book um, and really decide whether they belong or fit in the club, many people decide that they really don't have this. However, what I believe is that it doesn't matter really whether we have it or we don't. You know, if we have the progressive nature of the weight gain or all the, all the predispositions or characteristics, even if we have one or two of the characteristics, I believe that through the enlightenment process, of going through the 12 steps, that any problem can be solved with God and with the fellowship. So um, for any newcomer that's struggling, whether you belong, you don't belong, hang around. The miracle will happen. And um, I'm just so grateful to the fellowship. There is nothing in my life today that I cannot solve any problem. There is a solution in the program as long as I Stay in alignment with my, my personal higher power is for me and all the principles of the program. And to just design a personal blueprint, working the steps and, of course, maintaining in steps 10, 11, and 12. And, again, it takes time. It's a process and a lifelong journey. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you so much, Linda. Okay, I'll talk for two minutes. I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And this paragraph is, is so full of um, so many uh, things that I could talk about. So it's just uh, hard to pick one thing for two minutes. I didn't even start my timer. Now I have one minute. Okay. Um, but I'll just focus on we are people who normally would not mix. You know, I came into these rooms the first time when I was 14. Um, I thought it was just the dumbest thing in the world to make such a big deal out of, you know, a little eating problem. So I went back out and, you know, when I came back, I was 21 and um, had been beaten up by this disease, not enough to, to grab on and stay grabbed on. But I had this knack for finding sponsors who had PhDs and I was so intimidated by that. Um, you know, fortunately, I, I got past that, you know, in my life um, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you have a PhD or um, a GED, you are welcome in these rooms. And, and we have the same problem and we have the same solution. Um, and that is just such good news. And I'm just so grateful for that. And I hope... Um, You'll stick around for the next hour unrecorded, where if you didn't get a chance to share, you can um, come back. So um, I just said that. Please stick around for the uh, second unrecorded hour. And the share ID for today, March 21st, is 9746. That's 9746. 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Adini M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then. Yes, uh, with great honor, humility, and pleasure. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God As you understand God, admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.